0: This is Dave Smith, author of Disney Trivia from the Vault and Disney A to Z, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic.
1: Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast, with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more, right here on Stories of the Magic. Now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode
0: 16 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. Before we get to this week's guests, yes, guests, as for the first time I interviewed two people at once, I'm pleased to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching, my life and personal development coaching business. If your life is out of balance or you feel like you're missing out on your purpose, visit leavingconformitycoaching.com slash stories and let me help you discover and connect to your God-given purpose and value to build your life to achieve true success and meaning and to positively impact your world. You know, I've always thought of theme park custodial cast members as some of the most underappreciated cast members in the parks. Think about how often you see someone sweeping, cleaning restrooms, emptying the trash, or taking care of some other... unpleasantness. How many do you see in a typical visit? What would Disneyland and the other parks be like without them? But have you ever thanked one of them? This week we get to hear from two of those people. Lynn Barron worked at Disneyland, first as a busser, then later in custodial, and Laura Gannon also worked in custodial. Between them, they have almost 15 years of experience in these positions, so we get a real behind-the-scenes, but without spoiling the magic, look at one of the most crucial roles at the Disney parks. Similar to Nate Parrish back in episode 12, and with part 2 of his interview coming soon, Lynn wanted to share his appreciation for Disneyland and its great history, so he started the Sweep Spot podcast along with Laura. We'll be talking about their podcast in part two of their interview next week. In this episode, though, you'll get to hear about why they wanted to work at Disneyland, and in Custodial specifically, what they liked best about it, and what some of their biggest challenges were. They tell us how often people really did thank them, and I was surprised by their answer. And we even have some bathroom humor, but probably not the kind you're thinking of. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and start this story.
1: Hi, this is Rick Moyer.
2: And this is Amy Moyer. And we are the hosts of Take Him With You. The
1: weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyers' home. And then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast, and we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music.
2: And I like Star Trek. Kind and of, heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it?
2: You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes.
1: That's right, iTunes. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic.
0: When I conceived of the idea for this podcast, I knew I wanted to talk to people from all levels, departments, and jobs within the Walt Disney Company. And I've already had the privilege to do that several times, with many more to come, I hope. But there are two departments that I've most wanted to hear from, and today we get to hear from two people who were in one of them. Lynn Barron worked at Disneyland as a busser and later in custodial, and Laura Gannon was also a Disneyland custodial cast member. Now, currently, Lynn and Laura are using their knowledge and appreciation of Disneyland as hosts of the Sweepspot podcast. I was privileged to be a guest on their podcast a few weeks ago, and now I have the honor of welcoming them to mine. Lynn and Laura, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Ah, Thanks for having us.
2: It's
0: my pleasure. Thank you for being here. How did you get started working at Disneyland, and what did you do? Uh, And either one of you, whoever wants to go first is welcome to. Mm. Go ahead, Laura.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Um, So previously, let's see, I think it was the summer before I worked at Disneyland. I worked at Knott's Berry Farm. I liked working at amusement parks. So when I came home from college, my mom said, you got to get a job. You either go to job or you go to school. And in the summertime, since you're not in school, you're getting a job. So she suggested I work at the hospital she worked at. But I thought that would be really uncool to work with my mom. And um, so then she said, well, how about Disneyland? I heard they're hiring. I heard them on the radio. And I was like, Disneyland, that sounds like a really good idea. You know, I I worked at Knott's and I, I really kind of liked it there. But I didn't necessarily like what I was doing there. But I liked working in the amusement park itself. So then I was like, yeah, I could do that. I could interview for Disney. And um, what I decided to do there was custodial. The reason I wanted to work in custodial was, well, first of all, when I was in high school, I thought all the Disney sweeper guys were really cute. <laughs> 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 but besides that, there were a couple other reasons. My major in college was engineering. So I was around a lot of guys. And I was going to have to get used to that if I wanted to work in engineering. So I thought working in custodial around a bunch of guys would really get me acclimated to that quicker. And, it makes um, sense. Yeah. And then my my last reason was... When I worked in knots, I was at one of those juice carts and sold stuff, and I really hated dealing with money and counting the till and not being able to go on a break on time and having to wait if I had to go use the restroom. And um, when I worked in knots, I used to see all the sweepers and one of my friends worked in sweeping, and I was like, you guys get to go on break whenever When your break time is, and you can go use the bathroom, and you have so much freedom, and get to look at everything. And so, then I decided that's what I want to do at Disneyland. If I can't get into attractions, I'm going for custodial. And I didn't even really care so much for attractions because, again, you'd be stuck standing there. And I like to move around. So that's how I I fell into Disneyland.
3: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) Plus, you know, you can get them for free. And I was an annual pass holder prior and my um, pass had expired. So I thought, I bet they have some really good perks. And, you know, I really liked the people that worked there. They seemed really nice and clean cut. And they also seemed like highly motivated people. Like some of them were in college you know, and stuff like that. And that's that was definitely how I was. So, you know, I wanted to be around that kind of peer group, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm curious, what year or years did you work at Knott's?
2: Um I worked at Knott's Berry Farm from ninety-seven through ninety-eight, I believe. Yeah.
0: Okay. I was curious because that was my first job actually was working at Knott's oh. Berry Farm. But I missed you by several years. I did that in 89, okay. I think it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was pre-Ghost Rider. I actually worked in the farm market up in the California marketplace up front. Oh. So Yeah,
2: my um, area was mostly the Fiesta Village area. And then sometimes I worked over in Camp Snoopy, but I was themed for the Fiesta Village. So, I had the little puffy blouse and the turquoise skirt. <laughs> the costume was that fun to wear but um but yeah i I definitely liked the custodial costume a lot better which you you would probably be like all white really but it was just so much better
0: (laughs) it's all about comparison i suppose
2: (laughs) it was just so much so much better more comfortable and easier to deal with (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and you're in custodial you're expected to get it dirty yeah. so
2: yeah that's true
4: how about you Lynn? in 1991 i i was working at jc penny's i was stocking shoes and uh just got out of high school and i had always gone to disneyland you know growing up and had an annual pass in high school And just thought, you know, I wanted to do something different. I don't know. It just seemed like a fun place to work. So I just thought, I'm going to go down. And that was when casting was not in the current building it is. It was where you'd enter off of Harbor Boulevard. And I went in thinking I wanted attractions. And I think a lot of people want that, maybe at first. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. they offered me foods. And so I I did that. And I was working at the Plaza Inn and i was a busser um from 91 to 93 but i was just a seasonal so i would work um uh, summers spring breaks christmas breaks um and then whenever they needed me pretty much like on weekends if they knew ahead of time they needed people and i was still young then and i called in a lot and i just was real flaky and <laughs> i just i was just young and <laughs> foolish and I got fired. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I got
2: fired from Knots too.
0: For for. <laughs> well, we're all being yeah. honest yeah. here, okay. Absolutely for three
2: days in a row, but I did yeah. know I was That'll on schedule because you know when you're young, you are very flaky.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, I was trying to figure out things. I was in, you know, in a band. I played drums, and I was just wanting to do that I wanted to be a rock star and so I was trying to do both and so anyways I I got fired for attendance for that and then I went back in 1998 I was like I said I played drums and I was on a tour with a Christian rock band for the summer of 98 and I came back and didn't have a job and we were gone for a month and um, I thought I'm gonna go down to Disneyland again and see if they'll hire me and i thought i want to do custodial this time because i just always saw that you know they look like they had a lot of fun because i got to walk around and um you know see a lot of different areas so i went in and they they um had me fill out a form saying why i think they should let me back and (laughs) (laughs) um and i you know i pretty much told them i just explained to you and they sounded good to them, so I um, got hired in August of 1998 and took a studio and stayed until 2007, so just short of 10 years.
2: Uh, wow. You yeah. had a great. nice long haul there. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you there? I Laura? was there
2: just shy of five years. I got my first job. Out of college. So I, I ended up going on to a corporate job elsewhere. But um, if I had worked six more months, I would have had my five year pen. So, oh. yeah, and it, it was really hard to debate so because I could have, I might have been able to do it if I just worked weekends, those six more months. But I was also in grad school with my master's. So it was like, eh, I could really work myself hard at work and then work myself hard at school and then work at Disneyland on the weekends and not have a break. But uh, as much as I probably could have, I thought, "Mm, I better not overdo myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a bit much.
2: (laughs) I always have that problem of um, striving to do a little too much because I'm capable of doing quite a lot. So yeah, it's it's a problem I struggle (laughs) with. (laughs)
3: It's <laughs> the overachiever
2: syndrome.
3: <laughs>
0: I can relate to that. I can appreciate that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it happens.
4: <laughs> yeah, it does. Quick tangent, Lynn. What Christian rock band were you a part of? Oh, it was called the Myrrh Babies. We spelled it like like a mermaid, you know, Mer Babies. But um, I think oh. it had other, you know, the mer from in the, the Bible. The, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. If spelled it M-Y-R-R-H, nobody would have known how to pronounce exactly. it. So.
1: <laughs> Good choice. <Yeah. laughs>
0: okay, we've talked a little bit then about how long you each worked there. So between you, you've got right around 15 years of experience at the park and a lot of that in custodial. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Besides what you've already talked about, was there anything else about Disney or about Disneyland uh, that... Made you want to work there or that made you want to do the jobs that you did?
2: You know, I really loved Disneyland. I mean, I always have from the time I was a small child and I always wanted to work there one day. Um, but, you know, I don't think I realized exactly um, how much I would really enjoy working there until I was already there. You know, there was just something about being there, it was that atmosphere. You know, I mean, gosh, if you could pick any kind of work atmosphere in the world, I would pick Disneyland. (laughs) Hands down, it's way better than a cube. (laughs) um, But yeah, I mean, it's just so special, you know, and and I don't even think I realized that till I was really working there for a while.
4: Yeah, I'd I'd say the same just growing up in Southern California um, in Lakewood, California is where I grew up. My friend and I my best friend George, we used to go to Disneyland, but we'd look at things that I don't think normal kids would look at. You know, things like how the ride was designed. And we'd even go home and try to design on paper like our own attractions and things. And So we were kind of into that part of it, but I'm not real artistic with my drawing and things. So I never went that direction, but yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, that too, you know, just looking at seeing how things are built. I know, like, um, one of my really good friends, Danny and I, we used to love the Haunted Mansion. And so for Halloween, we would take some of those ideas and try to make our own haunted house kind of thing after it. And, I I mean, I remember when we were, like, probably 12, we had this elaborate plan for a haunted house. I mean, we had a layout, what would be where... (laughs) You know, of our dream like haunted house kind of thing and i i know that we never got there but like we used to strive for it <laughs> you know so like that's what we always liked was i don't know there was just so many details you know that in so many like how did they do that kind of things you know that we were always trying to figure out when we were there <laughs>
0: Right, right. So then as cast members, did you get to have some of those, how did they do that questions answered for you? Yeah, for
4: sure. (laughs) And how cool was that?
2: Oh, it was awesome.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Some people would think it, it might ruin it, but for me, it didn't. It just enhanced it. I just thought, wow, it... It's amazing how simple some yeah. of the effects and things are actually done and they're they're not as complicated as you would think. And then some are way, mm-hmm. way complicated.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, like for instance, the Haunted Mansion, all of that is very uh-huh. simple, not not very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, technologically speaking, it's not a complex ride at all. And I mean, to make those illusions are not that difficult to do. Anybody could do them. Um you know, given the right setup, but mm-hmm. and so it was interesting seeing that it was like, oh, okay, so that's how we could have done it. You know, we could have pulled it off. <laughs> <kind> of <thing. laughs> <Right. You know? laughs> but then, like um, one day, I accident I went through the wrong door and I stumbled in on the NASA simulators for Star Wars, uh, the flight simulators, <laughs> right? And they had NASA printed on the side of them, and I was like, whoa way cool. <laughs> at the time I wanted to be an astronaut. So I was like, whoa, those are real NASA flight simulators. You know? <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to like to see the the varying differences in designs, you know, to go from something so simple as um glass and lights <laughs> to NASA flight simulator, you know. Right.
0: <laughs> That's pretty much about the widest spectrum you could possibly cover. Yeah, you know,
2: I mean, Pepper's Ghost is a really easy effect, you know.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that had been around since at least the 20th century, I think. Exactly. And and NASA
2: flight simulators are definitely more recent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Just a little bit.
2: (laughs) But yeah, you know, you could only get that at Disneyland.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
2: So, uh, that was great.
0: Uh, you know, you're talking about how some people might think it would ruin the magic to find out how these things mm-hmm, worked. Yeah. But, of course, for you two, obviously, it didn't. Uh, tell me what you think about this thought that just came to my mind. I think that Walt probably would have agreed with you. Mm-hmm. Because if you think back to the Disneyland TV show mm-hmm. and the Wonderful World of Color and all that, whenever there would be you know, a new attraction going in or a new effect or something, he would talk about it on yeah. the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, hey, here's how we're doing Pirates of the Caribbean. We've got this great setup, and you know, here's the animatronics, and here's what we've done for the Tiki Room, and this is the flowers and all of this kind of thing, and here's the life mask for how we did Mr. Lincoln. And he just kind of laid all that stuff out there on the table. Yeah, he yeah. did.
2: Yeah. Definitely. I know. It just, to me, it was a lot of fun. And then, like, we worked mostly in Adventureland a lot, and I got the Indie. <laughs> Shift a lot. I got to work okay. Jones and clean it, and so I got to get to know some of the um, Imagineers in charge of the animatronics. Oh, cool. And I went to a technical school. I went to Cal Poly Pomona, mm-hmm. and I was a part of the Society of Women Engineers on also IEEE, which is an electrical engineering society, and. Um, We often did events together. Well, one event, we got a backstage tour of Disneyland. So I literally, after I got off work, I went and met them and went on the tour. And then when we're in Indiana Jones during the tour, I'm like, Hey, what's up guys? (laughs) 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 And they're like, Oh, I didn't know you were an engineering student, you know? And so then I got to get to know them even more, you know? And they would let me in on things, so it was a great experience to be there <laughs> during that time. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little while ago, you had said, "And Laura, I think you were in particular were the one that said this about wanting to work at Disneyland, but not realizing really how special it was until you actually were doing it and had been there for mm-hmm. a while." Uh, do you remember when that happened? Was there a moment or a time frame or anything where it? it dawned on you? Uh,
2: you know, I think for me, it, it hit when I, um, worked the millennium New Year's Eve, which was my, my very <laughs> first New Year's Eve at Disneyland. Wow. So I was a virgin <laughs> cast member. <laughs> and, um, it was just, there were so many people there and it was like, this is huge. Like, this is a great thing to, like, be here. You know, as much as I knew it was great to work there, it was like, wow, this is special to this many people that they are all here packed in, like, sardines and they can't move anywhere, and they're still having a blast. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Uh And then just as time went on, it was like you would just notice little weird things. Like, I think it was also the same night The night of New Year's Eve, they had red flowers by the train station. And then the next night, they had white flowers of the same species of flower. (laughs) And it was like, and they all looked perfect, you know? And it was almost like, did I imagine that they were red yesterday? The fact that they could get them in and make them look so perfect, like you had imagined that they were red the other day, you know,
3: just kind (laughs) of blew my
2: mind, like how... How special is that? That they'll change the flowers overnight, you know? Right. Um, Just the the little details. And it's like every time you would see something different, you may have walked by 200, 300 times and not noticed. And then one day you notice just this one little thing that's been there the whole time, you know? It's just like, um, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's like even after working there for years you could still see something new. Right. You know. Right. And I mean just to have that much detail. I think the longer you you work there probably the more you realize it day after day. And I know up uh, coming on my last days there I was just, you know, I was really conflicted <laughs> about leaving and I was just noticing more and more, you know, trying to suck it all in cuz I knew it was going to be a long time. Before I would work for Disney again,
3: <laughs> right? I had the
2: opportunity. <laughs> so, huh. yeah.
4: How about you, Lynn? I think it was just. Did you have a moment like that? Not really like a moment, but I would say maybe just a simple thing that maybe a guest asking for directions to a restroom or uh, an attraction or something. And all my knowledge, you know, of going there, like I said, from growing up to through high school and and applying just that knowledge. I don't know. It's just. You know, when you have that uniform on, you know, costume on and and your name tag and, you know, just giving directions. I think that's kind of when it all just falls together and you're like, wow, I'm doing this, you know. (laughs) Mm
0: Hmm. Sure. What did you love
4: most about what you did? Lynn, we'll let you go first on this Mm -hmm. one. I think uh, in custodial, I would say keeping the part clean that in our department, they take great pride in keeping it clean just the tradition of it. And uh, they would explain, you know, that how Walt wanted the park clean. He didn't want it like an amusement park. And, you know, that was typical, you know, dirty amusement park back in those days. Um, But he wanted it really clean and a safe, you know, environment for people. And I think that our department, you know, I'm sure other departments took pride in what they did, but I could, you could sense it from Mm -hmm. day one that, um, cause studio just really took a lot of pride in what they did. And, uh, and that was keeping the park clean was number one, uh, you know, and then meeting the guests needs also. But I would say just being a part of that tradition, uh, is what I noticed.
0: Good. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I, I can see uh, that. How about you, Laura?
2: I think, um, for the most part, it was interacting with the guests, um, I really did love to interact with the guests. And I think that's kind of what I missed when I was working at Knott's Berry Farm at a juice cart. Most of the time, you know, a guest would come up to you and say, Holy crap, $2 for a soda? You know, and and this was... (laughs) Or no, I think it was like 25 for a dollar twenty five for soda, right? <laughs> and like that was like unheard of, you know. And they they were just like, Do you want my firstborn too? You know, and so I'd get like comments like that about the prices and here I am, like just you know, sixteen seventeen, I'm like, sorry <laughs> you know yeah. I don't have any control over the prices, you know. And um, <laughs> I try not to do that to to um two youngins um, working at movie theaters and stuff. Sometimes I do and I catch myself and I'm like, I'm sorry, you don't have any control over the prices. This is not your problem. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> Please, excuse me. But that was like my interaction with guests was very negative like that. And I was just like, man, people are just rude. you know. And then working at Disneyland and being in custodial, totally different. People would come to you on their worst moment of the day <laughs> you know, and say, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. My child just spilled popcorn over here. Can you get it for me? And you could just provide that, clean it up, get them popcorn, you know, and then they would be just so grateful and thankful for you being there to help them out. And, you know, that was just like, gave me a, a better respect for humanity. You know, there's, there's something humbling about cleaning up after people And having them thank you for it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I definitely got more thank yous for what I did versus complaints, you know, and, and if there was a complaint, I could do something about it. You know, if a bathroom is dirty, by golly, I can clean it up for you, you know? (laughs) So it was like, I could make magic for you (laughs) anytime, you know? So, um. And and people would thank you for it. So I mean, I don't know. I think that's just really what I li- loved about it was the guest interaction was ten times more positive. And because I had been I had been an annual pass holder, and I knew a lot of stuff about Disney, and I learned so much while I was there. I could also you know give them little hints about things around the park, you know, or in that area that they should check out. You just got so much good. Interaction with people, you know, and you got the best of them, <laughs> you know, which mm-hmm. was even better, right. you know. <laughs> it's like I would not give give up uh, working cleaning up after people for for a juice cart ever again. <laughs> you know, I'll take the nastiest, stinky, dirtiest trash can or biggest pile of horse poop over working a juice cart. <laughs> Getting yelled at for the prices.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. I don't think most people listening would have thought of that until you explained it that way. But that makes a lot of sense.
2: I mean, just see the best of people, you know, because I mean, there you're you're really making magic for people on a daily basis on an hourly, minutely (laughs) basis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm sure that when someone came up to you and asked you to do something like clean up the popcorn mm-hmm. that their child had spilled or something, they thanked you. Did either of you ever have a guest just
4: randomly come up to you and thank you? Yeah, I was going to mention that. It's kind of odd at first. People would come up and just go, thank you for keeping this place clean. You know, it's like, whoa, you know, that's, you know, when you first start working there, it's kind of odd, but that's, part of you know like i said part of the tradition and and i think people people know that 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 disneyland is a place that's different than other places as far as it's cleaning this but yeah i would probably get that at least once a week Uh, maybe more someone would just randomly come up and and tell me thank you
2: yeah and i I used to get that in the restrooms a lot because mothers they love clean bathrooms yeah <laughs> you know, sure Say thank you so much for keeping us uh, the bathroom so clean the, i love coming to disneyland and not having to worry about taking my child to the bathroom you know because it's always clean and just thank you so much and and i was like yeah no problem crazy like i'm thinking in the back of my mind crazy <laughs> you know <laughs> thanks i worked really hard to clean this bathroom and keep this clean and on the other hand i'm like wow, I wonder if that lady's a germaphobe, you know? <laughs> and now I'm a mother. I totally get it now. <laughs> right. Know? It's just like, <laughs> you know, but tables have turned and it's like, now yeah. I appreciate it even more. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now you want to go back to all of those mothers from before. I'm sorry, I misjudged you. You were <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, too, you know, when you're a kid, And you're working at Disneyland and you go to another amusement park, you know, even when you work in custodial, you're not necessarily focused on, you know, how clean the park is or how clean the bathroom is in another amusement park. I mean, you may notice if it's just horrendous, um, which most of them are, but um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you're more focused on what cool ride am I going to go on if I get to sit next to the, my cute friend, you know, and that kind of thing, you're not really thinking about, you know, how clean a bathroom is. Right. So, so that's kind of the mentality, <laughs> you know, <And laughs> Now, like if I go to an amusement park or anywhere, that's the first thing I notice is how clean is it? I mean, I can't tell you how yeah. many restaurants I've been in and I've been appalled. Like, um, I was in Chicago when I went to the PF Changs and I had to change my six month old daughter on a baby change table that looked like it hadn't been cleaned in three years. Ooh. And I was just appalled. <laughs> I, I gave, <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the greeting, the, the, the hostess. Oh my gosh. I must have given her quite, quite a, a ream about that. But, It's just like (laughs) that is just unacceptable. Because, I I mean, that's another thing about Disney and working in custodial. There are things that are just unacceptable. And one of them is a dirty, nasty baby change table. Mm -hmm. That is something that you keep immaculate because, you know, little little bodies are going on there.
4: (laughs) Right. Right. We didn't have that problem in the men's bathrooms, they were always clean (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine why.
3: <laughs> so,
0: and, you know, I'll bet you that parents listening to this, they may not have even really given it a whole lot of thought, but they're probably really relieved to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a place that I know that I can bring my child and it'll be spotless. You know, not just because it's Disney and I expect things at Disney to be clean, but that's a top priority for custodial. And so I can take some comfort in that.
2: It's a big priority. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I had a lead who would come in and say, if nothing else gets done in here, make sure you clean that baby change table down every time you come in here. You know, if you do sinks, towels, baby change table. (laughs) 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 Um, I mean, it was it was a big thing. And most of the leads had kids of their own too. So that was another factor, you know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, if you wouldn't put your own child on that baby change table, you better clean it. <laughs>
4: right. So, Bathrooms yeah. are a challenge, uh, you know, and, and they take a lot of time. I mean, you figure how many people are coming in each restroom per hour. We would, we literally would have uh, someone come and clean the restroom every hour. Um, we'd have to sign in and, And do everything on a list and check everything off and so you know at least every hour toilets are being wiped and everything. So if I last time I cleaned it was nine o'clock and you come in at nine forty five, it's probably not gonna look as great as it would at, you know, nine (laughs) fifteen. Right, sure. So you know, we've had sometimes, not very often, we would have complaints and I think that was probably the case because usually and a lot of times it would just take cleaning up papers off the ground would make the difference right there. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the obvious thing they could mm-hmm. see makes a huge difference. But yeah.
2: yeah. It, was, it was every hour. And then the women's restrooms, because the men had multiple restrooms. So, you know, they'd have, I think a minimum of four, right?
4: Three or four. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. So you guys had a lot. And then the females, the minimum we had was one. So, and I mean, there were plenty of restrooms where there was just one cast member in charge of that restroom. And that was the only one they had, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. So it really got a lot of attention, you know? Um, sometimes you would have um, two. I think the max was like three. But, um, but Yeah. So, for women, the max was three. <laughs> for men, the minimum was three, so that just kind of gives you an idea of how much attention that um one cast member would be putting into a restroom every hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, why was the difference um, in between the men's and the women's
2: Well, I think for the men they're just they're a lot easier to clean.
4: I think the women had more stalls. And, well, had, had all stalls, obviously. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I think Adventureland Restroom had, what, 34 or something like that? I think
2: 39 stalls.
4: 39 stalls. And, and the men's in Adventure, I think, had like six or seven. So those are harder to get into because you have to kind of wait, you know, until someone's done. And then you have to get into it. So, and a lot of times you're, you're just hitting the ones that no one's in and then you have to wait. And with six or seven, that you know doesn't take too long. But if you have to do 30, 39.
2: <laughs> Wiping down toilets really takes a while. Um, I mean, it takes probably like, I don't know, like 20 to 30 seconds, would you say, like to really get a toilet seat all wiped down and clean if you're quick?
4: Yeah, but then if you need to replace toilet paper or toilet seat cover, you know, then you yeah, have to.
2: Yeah, it's another store. minute yeah. about to to replace all those, a minute or two. So you're spending two to three minutes a stall. <laughs> so if mm-hmm. you got 39, there's your hour.
0: <laughs> right. And if you're doing it every hour, you just go through and then go back, start yeah. over.
2: Yeah, like. well, especially with that restroom, you pretty much do a round and then you fill up your cart and you do another one. <laughs> So it's (laughs) it's just continuous. (laughs) I mean, some girls get really good at it and and they figure out because there's a rhythm. There's a special rhythm to every restroom. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird. But I think after working there like for two weeks on the same restroom, you kind of get the flow of because people will tend to congregate always in the same places. It's like certain areas of the restroom attract people there. Mm -hmm. And it's just the layout. So you just have to figure out like the layout and where the traffic flow goes and which restrooms, which stalls will get used more frequently than others. So, um, so you'll know that, gee, by the time you get to like, especially Adventureland, by the time you get to that last stall, <laughs> the first stall <laughs> is already running out of toilet paper again. So, <laughs> so sometimes you would go like up through half of the stalls and then go to the front and fill the toilet paper in on the first four stalls on each side <laughs> <laughs> and keep going <laughs> you know
4: wow but- before we end the uh, bathroom talk, I was, <laughs> I was uh, told this little tip, and, and I'll never forget it. It's that, um, from a lead that told me this. Um, he said, always make sure the the mirrors are clean because that's the last thing a person does when they leave that restroom is look at themselves in the mirror before they walk out. And if that mirror has spots all over it and you know it's smeared or whatever their impression like wow that place was a mess although you had everything clean on the floor and the sinks and everything but so I don't know that was just something I I thought wow so that was something I did all the time I always made sure the mirrors were, were perfect
2: <laughs> yeah and see and that's one of the things in the women's restroom that women tend to congregate around it's always the, mm-hmm. the part where it's traffic there's always because people are trying to look in the mirror and so it was always this kind of a struggle. So it was like, if you could see that the mirror, like nobody was in front of it, then you would go clean it, you know? So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seize your opportunity. Yeah,
2: and, and it was hard to get the trash cans underneath the mirrors, too, because women are standing there. They were either way over full or they were empty because nobody could get to them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it was it was kind of funny because I always said I'm going to design bathrooms one day after working at Disneyland. I was like, I'm going to design public restrooms one of these days because they got them all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, don't put the don't put the mirrors at the entrance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. I think the best place to put mirrors is in the back of the restroom. really okay yeah because you know if you got all the stalls on each side then they got to go to the back of the bathroom to go look in the mirror they don't hold up the sinks and the trash cans
0: yeah that makes sense yeah (laughs)
2: but but yeah (laughs) anyhow if you want to get off bathroom talk
0: (laughs) i was gonna say obviously both of you spent quite a bit of time in bathrooms during your time there but I assume you also did things outside yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, Sweeping mm-hmm. taking care of the trash cans out there. Did you have a preference between what particular part of the job that you did? Or did it not
4: really matter? You, you could ask for strictly restrooms. There was a premium but you know, I would go through waves. I would I'd like to do restrooms for a while and then you'd get sick of it. Then I'd ask for they'd call it the area, then you'd be in a in a certain area like Adventureland or Tomorrowland, and then you'd be assigned to like a sweeping area or doing trash or you know something within that area.
2: Yeah, and for me, it was weird. I had weird preferences. Um, I liked to work <laughs> mostly in the area. If I was not a lead, I liked working in the area. Even if I was a lead, I liked the area. But if I was not a lead, I liked to uh, dump trash. I thought that was a lot of fun and we used to um, have competitions between the different lands to see who could dump the cans faster. <laughs> really? Especially at the end of the night. We'd um, <laughs> do that, like, New Orleans and Adventureland. We'd, we'd compete, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'd time ourselves. We'd be like, ready, set, go. <laughs> kind of so that was always fun. Um, to me, to do trash. Um, Plus, you kind of got a little more freedom with dumping trash. Um, You got to get all over the area instead of just one particular place. Um, And then the other thing is, if I was a lead, I like to work as the restroom lead. So, I didn't particularly like restrooms not being a lead because it was extremely difficult to keep it up. Mm -hmm. But... Being a lead yeah. in working restrooms, I loved it because I wasn't in charge of just one. And so, like, I knew which restrooms were really difficult. So I'd go and I'd help those girls that had the, the harder restrooms. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Because, I like, I knew, you know. And I was just thinking, oh, God, poor thing. I'm going to go help her, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, right. and then also I liked to walk. And I would like to get all over the park. And if you're a restroom lead, you were on one side of the park, so like you'd have the whole east side or the whole west side. So you you'd get you'd get a lot of freedom to roam.
0: <laughs> okay, really that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah,
2: so you could see all sorts of different things and interact with more people and stuff. So I yeah, you know, I really like that that way. But um, wasn't didn't like it so much. By myself and just doing restrooms and not being a lead. That, that I actually, for a while, I hated it.
3: (laughs) Mm, I'm sure
2: pulled (laughs) to go work restrooms and it was just like oh again because usually like that was the thing in the summertime if you're female and working in the area there was a good chance you'd get pulled (laughs) to work restrooms. so it was just like oh <laughs> i hope i don't get pulled <laughs> <laughs> but now then you know after a while i liked restrooms so it didn't really matter but you know i i had my preferences of of lands to work in i really like the west side um and i i didn't care for the east side very much at all um
0: Really? Why is that?
2: Well, the west side is, um, especially when in the summertime, there's lots of trees, and then you're right on the water, so you kind of get like a little breezy action going there. Um, It just seems cooler over there because of you know all the shade, and then the east side is very exposed. There's not a lot of trees, so the sun is literally beating down on you, and I don't do well under beating sun like that
4: toontown, toontown.
2: <laughs> yeah it's just that and then um i don't know the pace seems different too seems like more hectic versus the west side kind of seems like the lazy river kind of <laughs> no feeling.
3: right you
2: know? so it's, it's i think i like more relaxing areas and to me like if i'm gonna go relax i'd love to like sit out on a river and relax you know <laughs> and just watch the birds go by and, and watch nature. And you kind of don't get that on the east side very much. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, for for people who maybe can't visualize the park or don't know their directions very well, east side would be Tomorrowland. Was Fantasyland included in east side? Yeah. yeah. So And then Toontown is too. Yes. Seems like a odd to put Toontown in east side since it's I kind know. of in the middle, but... Okay, and then West Side is Adventureland, Frontierland, Critter Country, New Orleans Square, and Main, mm-hmm. main Street. Yeah, so Main Street's included in yeah. West Side. Right.
2: That's okay. where the crossover it is. It's like East Side gets Toontown, West Side gets Main Street. <laughs>
0: I suppose that's you know? fair because <laughs> <laughs>
2: like the top and the bottom of the of the park, right? <laughs> right. So, right. but yeah, I mean, I even liked working on Main Street too. Um. Main Street was nice because if it was a really hot day, you could go sweep the shops out. nice mm-hmm. blast of air conditioning <laughs> right. Main,
4: Main street's interesting because in the morning it was fun to work there because everyone was a so cheerful start of the day, and everyone's you know optimistic and <laughs> and then at nighttime, if you had the night shift, everyone's leaving, they're kind of dragging their feet, and kids are screaming and <laughs>
2: I want a toy. You already got 20.
4: Yeah, there's always <laughs> something like that going on. Right.
0: <laughs> Lynn, did you have a particular favorite area or land to work in? Yeah,
4: my favorite was the uh, west side also, but it was mainly Adventureland. I think it was because of the trees and. Adventureland. When I say Adventureland, it included Frontierland. Um, when we were assigned that area, is called Adventure Frontier. But oh, okay. I, out of those two, I liked Adventureland the best. It was the smallest, and it got crowded. But I just enjoyed. It. I think it. Like I said, I think it was the trees and Indiana Jones um, attraction. I I really liked that. Just walking through and cleaning it.
0: Yeah, probably getting to enjoy the atmosphere of the Indiana Jones queue more than. Maybe a lot of the guests did yeah. because you had to spend more time. Right, there.
2: Oh, that was so much fun working the mm. queue line there. I mean, people had no idea that if you pulled on the bamboo uh, pole, like the <laughs> the the, the, the <laughs> cave in a little bit, and there'd be spikes.
3: Uh huh.
2: I used to pull that like every single time I went through. If there were people like in that part of the line, I used to do it every time, and it they flip out. <laughs> Or I'd like walk by, and you know the guy in the well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd pull the rope, and he'd go, "Wait, what are you doing up there?" <laughs> <laughs> <he'd go>, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, That's always my favorite part. I've got a terribly valuable artifact down here, and then you hear the fall and the crash. And I had a terribly yeah. valuable <laughs> artifact down here. <laughs>
2: But, yeah, I used to hit all those, you know, especially if there were people standing around that had kids because then they would, like, go, ooh, cool, I want to do it, you know? (laughs) I used to love to do that stuff around the guests and so they they would get to see the little fun things that I get to enjoy. (laughs) Right. So, But, yeah, that Indiana Jones (laughs) queue, (laughs) that's probably one of the best themed queues in Disneyland.
4: Oh, Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: probably actually on either coast. Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear so many Walt Disney World veterans say, no, Indiana Jones has the best queue I've ever seen. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> Now, with all of the time that you guys had working there, do you have any favorite stories of something that you were able to do that made magic for a guest, or, or even something that a guest did that made magic for you?
4: I was thinking about this because i kind of knew you might ask this but i was thinking
5: on september 22nd 2004 oceanic flight 815 left sydney australia bound for los angeles and crashed on a remote and mysterious island somewhere in the south pacific the survivors quickly realized this was no ordinary island
2: The groundbreaking Emmy Award winning drama, Lost, ran on ABC television from September 22, 2004 to May 23, 2010, and remains to this day one of the greatest television series of all time. Relive every moment of this amazing series as we reopen the hatch and take you deep inside each episode of this epic series. My name is Joyce.
5: And I'm Al. And on our show, Lost Flight 815, We'll cover each episode of this immensely popular series in a unique way. We'll watch the show as we record and share our thoughts and lost facts while you listen to the episode with us.
2: So tune in to the Lost
1: 815 podcast and visit us on the web at www.lostflight815.com and relive one of the greatest shows
2: of all time.
5: And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lost Flight 815. And now, it's time for
1: listener feedback on Stories of the Magic.
2: Hi, I want to share the story. It's not directly tied with me and Disney, but my husband, who's a fanatic fan of years ago, for my birthday, went with one of those happy birthday banners things. And he went to the park, and he sought out a lot of the characters there. face characters as well as overall characters. Um, and he gave him the banner to hold so he could take their picture, and he
1: then proceeded to put it in an album for me. So it was very sweet and very
2: time-consuming. And if I remember correctly, it was a very warm Saturday that he did that, and my birthday's in July. So that gives you an indication of how warm it can get. Um, but he was being very sweet in doing that for me, and I still
1: have that photo album to this day. So that's just one of many, and I hope to call back soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you to the anonymous caller for that sweet story. It's wonderful that the characters would do that for you, and very thoughtful of your husband to have come up with that and carried it out in the summer heat and crowds. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Lynn Barron and Laura Gannon for being my guests, and to you for listening. Remember to come back next week for Part 2, and in the meantime, check out their podcast at thesweepspot.com, and of course I'll have a link in the show notes for that. Now rather than the usual request for stories, I'd like to see if we can do something a little different. As you probably know, Thanksgiving is coming up here in the United States in just a few weeks. We do have several listeners from other countries, but most of you are from the U.S., and so am I, so we're going with that. With this holiday in mind, I'd like to have that Friday's show, November 23rd, as an all-gratitude show. No matter who you are, call or write in and express your gratitude and appreciation for anyone or anything Disney. If you've had a special experience with a cast member or a guest at a theme park, call or write in and say thank you. If you've been touched by a particular movie, call or write in and thank the people involved. If you have a favorite TV show on ABC or the Disney Channel, call or write in and express your gratitude to the people who make it happen week after week, either the stars or the people behind the scenes. Whether it's a character, a show, a physical location, doesn't matter. I'd love to have a full show of just Thanksgiving. Email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY. As always, you're welcome to remain anonymous if you wish to, like today's listener feedback was. Also, if you have your own blog or podcast, feel free to mention it when you call her right in. You have until November 20th to get those in to me, but if one came to mind already, and I'll bet it did for many of you, don't wait. Oh, and feel free to send in as many as you want. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes on the website or through Stitcher Radio. If you already have the Stitcher app for your mobile device, you can add the show directly. If not, go to stitcher.com slash stories of the magic to download the app and have this show added automatically. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes. Those ratings help make the podcast more visible there, so it's easier for people to find. Leaving a rating and a review will only take a couple of minutes, and I'd be very grateful to you. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic. Finally, remember that this episode has been brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching. If you feel like you're just going through the motions, living in a fog with no clear idea of why you're here or what you're supposed to do maybe even wasting your life, then it's time to take steps to change your life and be transformed. Live your life with purpose, clarity, direction, and meaning. To find out more about Leaving Conformity Coaching and how I can help you, access some free resources and read my blog. Visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories. And this tale
1: continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.